Hi, I'm Mike Dilk and you're listening to the Relax Bank UK show. The show that explores all kinds of health topics relevant to you, your family and your friends. Each week I talk to expert guests from a range of backgrounds to inform and entertain you. So please do join the Relax Bank UK family and stay tuned. Hi and thank you for joining me, Mike Dilk, on the Relax Back UK show this week and it is a good one. A while ago I spoke with professional footballer Thomas Robson Carnu about how he developed a turmeric shot that enabled him to continue playing after he injured himself actually really quite badly as a teenager. Now he used this turmeric shot throughout his career and he played at the highest levels of the sport. He played for Wales, he, 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 you know, he excelled during his sporting career. Now he's retired from the game and he started a company called the Turmeric Company uh, to produce and sell the shot. And as part of this, he got, has got the turmeric shot tested by scientist Dr. David Clayton of Nottingham Trent University. Now he's a senior lecturer in nutrition and exercise physiology, so he's very well placed to lead this investigation. Um, immediately after the game, we took a blood sample from the players. So we took a, a fingertip blood sample. Um, and then on the, so that was about 5 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon after they played the game. And then we followed that up for after 48 hours and after 72 hours as well and took subsequent blood samples. So professional players had their blood taken and analysed. So we'll talk about the results. Now, also the huge player salaries and the money in general involved in football has turned players in one sense into very expensive assets and they're also playing more and more games as the demands on the sport in general increase and an increase in fixtures and fixture congestion and things like this actually getting your players back to back to a kind of rested and, and the level that they need to be to perform at their optimal is not is mm. not an easy proposition so i think anything that can help to to accelerate that recovery process is is potentially really valuable so, as well as making life more comfortable for players, there is very much a business case for this. The one thing that it didn't analyse, though, does it hurt more when the referee is watching? Obviously, more research is uh, required. However, before I get onto this, uh, I want to talk about uh, something else that I, I recently found out, some statistics. Uh, the Relax Back UK show has most of its listeners on UK Health Radio. So that's a, that's a platform, uh, an invited platform. You have to be invited to have your show on it, um, but a platform nonetheless. Uh, the show is also on Apple, Apple Spotify, uh, via the Podbean platform, and uh, the sort of usual suspects, as I mentioned, Apple and Spotify, those kinds of things. Uh, the owner of UK Health Radio gave me a weekly count of downloads for a show that I had at the end of January. And the count was 47.8 thousand downloads for one week. Now, from a YouTube video by the podcast host, I found some interesting statistics. They use download info from Buzzsprout, which is another big platform for podcasts. And uh, they found that if your podcast has 3,062 downloads in its first week, your podcast is in the top 1% of podcasts. Well, at 47.8 thousand per week, uh, the Relax Back UK show must be quite near the top of that 1%, I would have thought. That was a nice uh, surprise. 
I think what I really mean is thank you very much uh, for listening. And uh, please do stay tuned to hear Dr. David Clayton talk about uh, the work he did on turmeric shots for the turmeric company. Thank you. For the chat with Dr. David Clayton about the turmeric shot that was developed by Thomas Robson Carnu, I started with a bit of a, a summary of how it all came about. The story with him was that he found it very useful when he was a teenager. He had a very bad footballing accident and uh, he had a couple of surgeries and was pretty much told that that was the end of his playing career and he would have to uh, think of something else to do with his life. However, he went on to take a concoction of uh, turmeric that was kind of worked on with him and his dad and uh, there's a great description of him and his dad working on it at the kitchen table um, really and they came up with a, a concoction that Thomas felt he could drink it wasn't so revolting he could actually get it down his neck and it seemed to work for him so he used it through his whole footballing career which actually was pretty successful he was a professional footballer he played for Wales so he wasn't exactly a slouch um, but it, it helped him. And um, he's now set up a company selling this stuff. And as part of that, he has been chatting to David to try and put something together to actually provide some proof, some real proof other than, oh, it worked for me. You know, that's just one person who it worked for. He's now making this stuff and, and selling it. And other people are finding that it's, it's working as well. But David, you've done some work. On, on this you kind of designed a trial and carried out the trial was it you that actually was it you that designed the trial yeah so um so yeah so i think a fantastic introduction there to to thomas and i've heard that story many times myself with uh with thomas and his father and um it really is a it's a fascinating story it's a great story um, isn't it yeah it really, yeah it really is um so thomas came uh thomas came to us with with uh with wanting to to get some research essentially to under to understand his products a little bit better and um you know this this happens relatively often you know industry people are reaching out to researchers looking to 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 do some research on their on their products but thomas's passion for his products was was really um you know took us took us aback a little bit and we were really keen to explore it further and then having looked into the the potential for turmeric and and specifically curcumin the active ingredient that's contained in turmeric um we decided to pursue it a little bit further so you know as you said we we designed a study um and the study was designed by myself and my research team at Nottingham Trent University um but also in collaboration with the head of performance uh, Ross Burberry at uh, Rotherham United Football Club at the time and that's where the okay. that's where the study took place so, I mean, actually deciding what you're going to do when you're looking at something like this is is not straightforward, presumably, because there's a lot of variables. You know, you're dealing with people, for one thing. So um, I, I, I wouldn't know where to start, which is presumably why Thomas came to you. Well, yeah, I think so. So, um, yeah, you know, it, we do lots of research in, in human volunteers. So it's something that we're that we're very familiar with. You know, we're aware of the. Um, the the challenges that are involved in that, but also the the positives that we've seen as a result of the research as well. Um, but this one had an extra layer of challenge in that we're working with professional footballers in this in this instance, and you can imagine the um, 
the the pools and other other commitments and other things that go on in a in a professional footballer's life. So this is where Ross was really crucial to this study and uh, and enabled us to to conduct such a good study because he was able to support us from the inside um, of the football club to make sure that the the study ran smoothly. So you got um, buy in from the players that were taking part. Exactly, and that's such a such a big challenge. So, um, you know, as important as as myself and my research team have been, as certainly Ross um, deserves equal credit in 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 how we've conducted this work. Okay, so I, I guess the next question has got to be, what was it? What did you do? Yeah, so so we assessed them um, between October and April in twenty twenty two. Um, and during this, during this time period, we managed to capture eight competitive games. Um, and following each game, we followed the same procedure. So games took place at approximately 3 p.m. on the Saturday afternoon, as they as they often do. Um, immediately after the game, we took a blood sample from the players. So we took a, a fingertip blood sample. Um, and then on the... So that was about 5 p.m. on the Saturday afternoon after they played the game. And then we followed that up for after 48 hours and after 72 hours as well and took subsequent blood samples. Um, alongside that, we also took some measurements of their subjective feelings of soreness. So um, the proposed mechanism of, of turmeric and curcumin is that it, it should reduce inflammation and should help, um, you know, in, in, in this instance, the professional footballers to recover more quickly after, after their exercise, after their, um, after their match play, and therefore help them get ready to play before their next game which often occurs you know a couple of days later and um, so we really wanted to capture that recovery period which is why we designed the study in the way that we did and um with the with the team itself with the squad we basically split them into two groups we had a group of them that were taking the the turmeric supplement and we had a group of them that that weren't and they were our control group and then the the ones taking it were the intervention group so did the ones that weren't taking it or even the ones that were did they know that they were taking it or was it like a dummy one so this is what again one of the challenges working with professional footballers and professional people in general is that if you've got a um uh you know evidence potentially that something may have a positive effect then you can't withdraw it from them you can't trick them or blind them or placebo control the study in the way that we probably would want to if we were conducting this in a sort of laboratory environment so in this case, it was simply offering the players the opportunity. If they, if they wanted to take the supplement, then they could. Um, and we again, we had to be completely open about what the supplement was because they're 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 drugs tested and they're um, you know there's there's lots of lots of factors there. Um, okay, so all, you all... you you were worried that actually if they took this, potentially one of the players might fail one of the drug tests that they have to take to be a professional footballer. Well, there's certainly nothing in the product that would make us that would make us think that was the case. Right. But footballers have to be extra cautious. Any professional athlete, and this would always yeah. be my advice of any professional athlete, is to be ultra ultra cautious about. Everything Otherwise, it's you... essentially their careers over, isn't it? Exactly, and that, and again, when it comes back to the study design aspect, we weren't able to um, to dis to to not disclose. Sorry, the 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 product that we were giving them because um, you know yeah. for that reason. So, how how many players were involved? So we had um, 22 players, um, and like I say, it wasn't quite an even split because we had players that either consumed the products or they didn't, um, but we had 22 players involved in the study in total. All right. And um, I don't know, did you mention already which team or was it a scattering of teams? 
So this study took place at Rotherham, and, and like I say, one of the challenges to this work is um, is, is getting the buy-in from the players and, and making sure that they they do what we actually need them to do. And, and in the case of this study, we're requiring them, requiring them to take two of these products per day. So one in the morning when they got to the training ground, and then one either later in their training day or uh, or, or at the end of the day. Um, so we needed someone who could kind of keep an eye on them and make sure that was happening. And that's, and that's where Ross came in and he was at Rotherham. Okay. So you've, you've explained about how on game day you took blood samples um, a couple of times uh, after the game, 48 hours and 72 hours after the game. So you, you, you've ended up with actually quite a lot of blood samples because <laughs> um, this is over six games um, with 22, 24 players. And in each game, two blood samples. So you're going to end up with a lot of data. What what did you actually measure in all this blood? Yeah, so, so we were looking at markers of inflammation in the blood. So we looked at uh, two markers of inflammation primarily. So this was C-reactive protein, otherwise known as CRP. Um, so this is a systemic uh, blood marker of inflammation. So during times where you might might be experiencing increased in inflammation, then this marker would would show up in high levels. Um, and the other so, one we looked at was creating. Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you there. So if normal people, so I mean not professional footballers, if if we go for a jog one day and the next day we feel a bit stiff, um, a bit uncomfortable. Will we have elevated levels of this stuff in our blood? Is that kind of that's that's what we're talking about, is it? Yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, I mean, it obviously depends on partly a, a little bit on the individual. So some people have more than than others, and but it also depends on the intensity of the exercise as well. So um, exercise that is that is strenuous, that involves sprints and sort of anaerobic exercise or so exercise at kind of close to your maximum capacity that will increase these marks of inflammation more so because it causes more muscle damage ultimately these types of exercises so um so yeah everybody experiences them but we get particularly high levels in you know professional footballers that are playing at a very high level and are they kind of easy to find is it a pretty standard test to look look for these things in blood um well, it's a it's it's a biochemical test. It's a biochemical assay. So we so we take the blood sample. We have to spin it down. Um, when we when we and that's called centrifuging. When we centrifuge a blood sample, it separates into plasma and red blood cells. We take the plasma off the top and we store that in a in a in a freezer. And then later we do the analysis in batch once we've got the once we've got the whole whole lot. Right. And the the analysis itself is. Um, you you purchase kits essentially to run analysis on the different um, metabolites, different different things that you want to look for in the blood. So this is just one of those biochemical assays that we that we purchased and then we ran those those samples through. And was it just one marker of information you were looking at? Really? No. So so the other one was creatine kinase. So it's 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 similar in that it responds to uh, in, an increased inflammation, um, particularly in relation to muscle damage, which you get from strenuous exercise. Okay, I, I think you mentioned it, but I, I missed it. How much blood did you have to take from each footballer at the end of the game? So so we took um, we take it from the fingertip. It's not a, it's not an exact amount. We get as we get as much as we can basically into a small vial, but it's. It's less than a milliliter, so it's a it's it's a pretty small, pretty oh, God, small. So it's bottle. tiny. So it's not a case of sticking a syringe in and taking it out, like when you go to the hospital to get a blood test. 
No, I'm not sure they would have been too keen on that if that's what we'd asked them to do after a after a difficult football game. No, it's it's uh it's a fingertip blood test, which oh. um, you know, any any of your listeners that have um, you know, might might be doing that for to look to monitor their blood glucose and things like that would be quite familiar with what that with what that entails yeah. but it's just making a small prick in the in the fingertip and then we 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 extract a small amount of blood so yeah usually so about really is millimeter. tiny yeah it's really okay. small what, what what were the subjects like were they squeamish um they weren't too bad i've worked with quite a few professional athletes and they weren't the they weren't the worst ones that's for sure um but yeah, which, which sport are the worst? Is... You can tell me. Say that again, sorry. Which sport is the worst? Which sport is the worst? It is usually footballers, actually, in my experience. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys were these guys uh, were were good. Um, but but I was I was about to say I don't think they would choose to have a fingertip blood sample taken after every game. But they were, uh, you know, they did engage in the study and they were they were interested in what we were doing. So that was the most <laughs> important thing. All right, so we've got an idea of kind of what you're doing and why. Here's the big question. What were the results? What did you find? Yeah, so the results were were really interesting. So we found that um, there was a reduction in this marker of CRP, uh, which is uh, C-reactive protein. So this, again, is a, is, a, is a marker of inflammation in the blood. We found about an, a thousand percent reduction in that, um, in that blood marker. Uh, of, of CRP. So that was quite a substantial finding. And that that difference occurred essentially three days after the game. So we had this measurement that took place 72 hours after they after they played the football match. And that was and that's where we saw this this difference start to emerge. So what that right. tells me, what that indicates is that in the first couple of days after a game, the, the product wasn't making a huge difference in terms of the C-reactive protein concentrations. But by day three, so as they were kind of preparing for their next match, as it would be, um, that's when they that's where you started to see the difference. And it was quite stark in the end um, between uh, between the between those that were consuming the product and those that weren't. This, um, oh, this is this is potentially like very valuable information for a football club because you know because players are valuable assets you know and if yeah. if if they're in top condition this this is something worth having absolutely and you know with um you know recent rule changes in in the sport as well where now we're seeing quite a lot of added time at the end of games we're seeing you know increasing levels of competition across the board so the the, the level of competition is high and an increase in fixtures and fixture congestion and things like this, actually getting your players back to back to a kind of rested and, and the level that they need to be to perform at their optimal is not mm. is not an easy proposition. So I think anything that can help to to accelerate that recovery process is is potentially really valuable. So um, um this might be a bit of a daft question. I'm gonna ask it anyway though. So can you tell what was actually going on? Was there less damage to the player's muscles or does this um, particular protein mean they don't feel the damage in the same way? So if you can't feel it and you feel all right, you might go and play again. But in the long run, that might be worse for you. Yeah, no. So it's 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 not necessarily a perceptual thing i mean we don't know the amount of damage that was caused and we don't know whether the the 
the uh, recovery process was was accelerated through taking this product other than the marker that we saw change is an indication of systemic levels of inflammation so inflammation that are, that are going on throughout the athlete's body yeah. um and that is a response to muscle damage and that is something that you see at the end of a game when someone has um exerted themselves considerably which which these players obviously do yeah. so it's it's a pretty good marker of the fact that their muscles had had healed more rapidly and that they were in a in a lower state of of inflammation generally okay and and actually well you mentioned already that the the differences in this marker were were large yeah so it's a, it approximately a thousand percent. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head now, yeah. but um, but it was it was a substantial reduction by the third day. Like I say, the differences emerged at the third day, which um, which again I think is really interesting and important information because by this third day, those that were on the product were basically back to baseline, so back to where we saw them before they'd even started taking part in the study. Um, whereas those that hadn't, they were still elevated above baselines. So they were still experiencing reasonably high levels of of inflammation. Um, so, okay. I mean, athletes, elite athletes, do all kinds of weird and wonderful things to help recovery after after they've you know played a game of football or whatever it might be that they do. You know, I, I've I've heard of like cold baths, getting in these sort of cold temperature tents, stuff like that. Um, this must be a large area of study, you know, how to get um, athletes back up to full speed and possibly other in, in other areas, you know, it might be of interest to the military. You know, you want your soldiers fighting fit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you said a few moments ago, the, the footballers are a valuable commodity to their clubs. So getting them back to a level where they can perform optimally the next time they're required to, which... In the, in the world of professional football can be two, three, four days, you know, after after playing a game. Um, yeah, it's 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 hugely valuable. And, and certainly I think there could be military application as well. You know, people in the military are exerting themselves considerably and being able yeah. to recover rapidly is also important in that domain as well. So as, as, as well as taking the blood samples, you also ask the footballers, you know, are, are you in pain? Are you... Are your muscles stiff? Um, mm. And were the, were the answers they gave sort of in line with what you found from the blood results, blood tests? Yeah, yeah, they were. So, um, so I, you know, I, I, I'd possibly argue that that's actually more important in, in some ways, the fact that the players were reporting to feel less sore. So the way that we conducted this measurement is we, at the end, in, in those measurement points that I mentioned when we took the blood samples, we also gave them a, a questionnaire to complete where they simply marked on a scale that was anchored at each side with either no pain at all or extremely painful. We asked them what their leg soreness specifically was, as, as you know, I'm, I'm sure you know that um, legs specifically in footballers is, a, is an area where discomfort <laughs> tends to, uh, tends to uh, concentrate. But we yeah. also asked them about whole body soreness as well to try and understand kind of systemic inflammation and, and sy systemic soreness. Um, and, and very consistently, those that were taking the product were reporting lower levels of uh, both whole body and leg specific soreness okay. after the games at, at those time points. And that those differences emerged pretty much immediately. So whereas the CRP differences took until day three, 70, 72 hours to emerge as different, 
the sauna stuff was was instant. So immediately after the game, and then at each follow up period as well, there was a difference in in soreness. Okay, that's interesting. Now, I mean, this stuff, as we've kind of alluded to, could potentially very interesting to football clubs because players are very valuable assets and what have you. But what about the rest of us? I mean, because I'm kind of assuming that they're elite athletes. You know, they are different to you and me. Um, but is this likely to work for the rest of us? You know, if, if I twist my ankle getting out of bed or something, could something like that be useful to me? And, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. I think there could be. I mean, we're, we're in the process of designing some some studies that would that would explore this in more detail. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I would only say with, you know, absolute confidence about the stuff that we've seen, which is in these footballers. But um what we what we believe, I think, what what is often shown is that football or athletes generally, not just footballers, but athletes are a model of individual that do things to the extreme. You know, the exercise that they do is is, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but probably slightly more extreme than what what you and I might be doing on a day to day. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so that means that the, the challenge that they have to overcome is pretty extreme as well. So to, to the amount of inflammation they experience after a game is probably greater than the amount that you and I experience after we exercise or or perhaps on a day-to-day -day basis as well. So if it works in that population, and I think there's a there's there's evidence or there's there's suggestion at least that it will work in other populations mm -hmm. as well. Um so yeah, like I say, we're we're in the process at the minute of designing some studies that are looking at the kind of recreational exerciser and uh and also people that 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 suffer from aches and pains you know because those individuals are often dealing with inflammation as well it's not it's not just a bad back or a bad neck or a bad knee there's often inflammation that accompanies that as well which can you know impact lifestyle as well as potentially impede the healing process to an extent yeah. so um so yeah, yeah, yeah. like I said, we are designing studies around this but um if, let's if, face if, it there are more normal people than there are elite athletes as well so from from, from kind of a business point of view it's, that's of interest as well yeah it certainly is i mean thomas thomas believes in the product hugely and uh and he wants to demonstrate that it works in in lots of different people now the the real novelty to the study that we did i talked earlier about some of the some of the aspects of control that we weren't able to impact on on these individuals. But one of the novelties of this study is that it is in these elite footballers. So footballers that are playing pretty close to the highest level of competition in the in the UK. So so yeah, they, they create a nice model really that now we think we can explore in almost like a, a trickle down effect in in other populations as well. Okay, interesting. So the, the main uh, study that we've been talking about has has been published you know in a, in a peer-reviewed journal you mentioned mentioned that you're doing more studies uh is it possible to sort of briefly outline you know what what it is you you're up to yeah yeah absolutely so um so yeah the, the study that we talked about was um was that was the first study that we published in this area which was in the frontiers in nutrition journal so we published that um a few months ago but We've actually very recently published our second study in this area as well, which is in a, a, a journal called Nutrients. Um, and in this study, we were looking at um, another one of the Turmeric Co's products, which is a vitamin C, vitamin D and turmeric combined uh, supplement, combined shot. 
And we were looking, particularly in this study, we were interested to see how it affected things like incidents of illness and gastrointestinal discomfort in these elite footballers as well. Um, because again, illness is rife in football. You know, we, we've talked a bit about injury and, and recovery and how important that is, but illness can be just as debilitating to a team's chances because, you know, illness means people can't perform to the optimal level. Illnesses, illnesses spread very rapidly in the kind of football environment because everyone's very close together. They're eating together, they're traveling together. So illnesses spread very quickly. So we were interested in whether this product could reduce uh, incidents of illness um, and also gastrointestinal discomfort, which is also um, pretty common in footballers. Is it? Footballers suffer from bad guts. Yeah, because, I mean, they have extremely high energy requirements. Footballers, they they have to consume a lot of calories and a lot of nutrients to enable them to perform and to grow. And um, for, for some athletes, that, that comes with some gastrointestinal issues at times. Um, so anything that we can do to improve, um, uh, to kind of support that as well through illness uh, reduction, gastrointestinal discomfort reduction, and also potentially improving gut health broadly, um, we, we think could be a benefit. Yeah, all right, interesting. Very interesting. All right, so maybe the next chat we'll have to have will be a, about that study. Um, but yeah, I can, I, I can tell you some of the results because it yeah, has been on, published now. So, um, yeah, I think, I think when we set up this meeting initially, it hadn't been, but it has now. Um, so we've, we found very positive results again, a reduction in illness of uh, 63%. So... Um, we designed a study slightly differently, I should say, um, before we before we go too much further. So whereas in the previous study, we had one group taking the products, one group that weren't to improve the design of this study. We used the same players, but we had a period where they weren't taking the product and a period where they were taking the product. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a, it's a stronger design because we're looking at the effects within the same player, either with or without the product. Hope that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that does um, make sense. And yes, yeah, so, so bottom line, we found a reduction in illness of 63% when, when players were consuming the product versus when they weren't. We found a reduction in gastrointestinal discomfort of 61% as well when they were on the product versus when they weren't. Um, and in terms of time spent ill, so, um, you know, the, the, the time within the data collection period in which players reported some degree of illness, this was 11% lower when they were taking the products versus when they when they weren't. So, um, again, all, all positive, really, in relation to reducing illness and improving, um, you know, gastrointestinal discomfort symptoms. Yeah, I mean, so 10%, if you've got a team of 11, you know, that's one player every game. That, that's got to exactly. be worth having. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other, the other finding, just to touch on, which was not a... It wasn't a primary outcome of this study. It was more of an exploratory thing. But um, but but it was really interesting is we looked at some markers of what we call gut permeability or say we looked at a marker of gut permeability. So gut permeability is the um, the integrity of the intestine and, and how how kind of robust the intestine is in not allowing things to kind of leak out of the intestine through the process of digestion absorption. So it's actually very common. It's something called leaky gut. You see it in lots of different situations, but particularly in response to high intensity exercise. Right. Leaky uh, gut actually is a phrase that is often banded around incorrectly. And I think nutritionists who are not, how can I say this politely, proper nutritionists 
um, might might I've just heard it banded around incorrectly. So <laughs> uh, I yeah. think it's worth mentioning. Yeah, well, well, in this case, I'm hope I'm hope I'm in the the group of those. I properties. think you probably are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, 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 yeah. Broadly speaking, it's 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 the function of the gastrointestinal symptom and the and the ability for your gastrointestinal system to digest and metabolize nutrients in the most optimal way. And if you're experiencing leaky gut, if you're experiencing some of the um, some of some of the food, some of the nutrients you're consuming not being digested and absorbed fully, and and kind of being leaked into the into the bloodstream, then that can have lots of negative effects on on health and well being. So in this study, and and sorry, I should add that this is after you've done something like elite high level exercise, so maximal exercise, then then incidents of leaky gut become much more prevalent because that is a stress on the body that increases. Um, increases um, gut permeability so we looked at a marker of gut permeability called intestinal fatty acid binding protein which appears in the blood when you're when you when you in, when when um when gut permeability is increased so if you're seeing intestinal fatty acid binding protein in the blood then that indicates that you've got an increase in permeability from the gut or an increase in leaky gut in simple terms um and anyway, <laughs> to cut a, quite a long story short, we found that these products also reduced um, reduced this marker by sixty percent as well. So that gives us almost a, a mechanistic insight into what might be leading some of these positive things that we're that we're finding, particularly in relation to illness and uh, and gastrointestinal discomfort. All right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So lot lots of positives. Um that you're you're finding um and by the yeah. sounds of things you're you know the work is continuing so you're you'll be finding more um yeah but for now uh, thank you for sort of taking us through those two studies i think i think it's really interesting so 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 many thanks yeah no problem mike thanks for thanks for having me on and speaking to me about this work you're very welcome Thank you very much to my guest on this week's show. And that was Dr. David Clayton talking about the turmeric shop that is available from the turmeric company. And uh, thank you very much indeed to all of you for listening. And please have a healthy week until next week. Thanks for listening to the Relax Back UK show. Join me, Mike Dilk, again next week for more fascinating interviews and chat. If you're listening to the podcast version, please subscribe, like, and share it with your family and friends. And have a healthy week. Until next week.